A number of people have asked me recently about the database system that we're using to support our Police Integrity Research Project. And I want to take this opportunity to explain a little bit about the system that we use. We use an enterprise-level content management system called OnBase, which is made by Highland Software. And that's the backbone, if you will, of the various databases that we're using. And it allows us to store things in a variety of different ways within one secure database environment. It also allows us to integrate a variety of third-party applications so that we can share information between various software. And I'll explain how that works uh, as we go through this. Initially, when I came to Bowling Green State University in the fall of 2009, I was aware in some fashion that they utilized a digital imaging database system here and that's part of OnBase and I had an initial interest in at least archiving my dissertation data the raw data so I had several thousand paper-based files of arrest records of news articles court records that type of thing involving police officers who had been arrested at some point uh, since the beginning of 2005 and I wanted to be able to not only archive them in a digital fashion but I wanted to be able to do it in such a way that I could utilize a database system where I could index each of the documents digitally by case name and cross-reference them by individual and agency that type of thing so I had an interest in doing that initially we worked with the ITS department here at Bowling Green and got permission to use OnBase, the content management system, and we started to scan all the paper-based records we had into OnBase, and then we indexed them and committed them to the system. And as for the news records and court records that we had, we were able to use an optical character recognition process, an OCR process, so that we have our own internal search engine whereby we can search the full text of all of the records we have that are in our digital imaging database. So as time went on, we developed a number of different file types. So we have the case files, which consist of the news articles, as well as any court records that we might have relating to a criminal case. We also have digital images of our paper-based coding sheets for all of the coding that was done during my dissertation and in the first few years after my dissertation for a variety of research projects. Then we also have a third type of digital record, which is federal court records from the PACER system, the Federal Public Access to Courts Electronic Record System. And we've uh, been doing a lot of research for the last year and a half or so uh, using PACER records to look at correlates of police misconduct. And specifically, we've been looking at police officers who've been named as party defendants in civil rights actions pursuant to uh, section 1983. Those are the three basic file types that we have for our digital imaging database. That grew over time though and has evolved into a pretty sophisticated database system that we have. So we have another component that we added which is a relational database. And a relational database allows us to store data in various columns and tables and reconfigure that data so it can be called up and used in a variety of different contexts. The relational database also allows us to keep track of new cases. We enter our new cases into our database system so that we can cross-reference some of the various components of our enhanced database by using the relational database and the table format to do that. All of the records that we have in our digital imaging database 
are cross-referenced to the relational database. So if we're interested in a specific case and we conduct some sort of a search in any number of search criteria in our relational database, it would bring up the relevant cases and we can click on to any of those cases within the relational database and all of the digital imaging documents that are attached or related to that case or those cases will be there for us to be able to call up as well. So most of these documents in terms of the digital imaging database we had initially brought in by scanning them using document scanners and then manually indexing the digital imaging one page at a time telling it which individual and which case or cases they were related to. And over time we've developed several other ways of bringing digital images of documents into our content management system and specifically our digital imaging database. So in addition to using several document scanners that we have, we also have something called a virtual printer that Highland has developed for use with OnBase. And basically what that allows us to do is to take a document that we're interested in saving, just like you would save, let's say, a Microsoft Word document into a folder on your computer, we can print to the virtual printer and save the document as a PDF or a tag image file, format file into our digital imaging database. And that allows us to bypass the process of printing out specific documents and then just scanning them back in with a document scanner into a digital image format. So when we use the virtual printer, it allows us at the time we select that device to create a digital image of that record, it allows us to index or tag, if you will, those documents by case or by individual so that they're cross-referenced in the digital imaging database to all the other records that relate to that individual and or case or cases, as well as the relational database that we run a variety of different searches in and keep track of everything in. We've recently added another component to our database, which is a video files database. And what we're doing is we're saving news videos from television news channels across the country, network news, that type of thing. We're saving these files now as a way of triangulating our data sources. So we may have a variety of records in terms of news reports, newspaper articles, that type of thing, as well as court records, but we're not able to determine certain information that we need in our coding process to determine how to code specific variables. So for example, race. We may not be able to tell that from the various articles we have, but sometimes when we look at the news videos, we're able to see if someone's white, black, uh, Hispanic, or whatever race or ethnicity that we're interested in coding on that specific case. We're also able to use the video records to triangulate in a number of ways that you might not think of. Sometimes it's difficult to determine where a specific article is from. Even in the context of knowing what newspaper it came from, it helps us to be able to look at the context of where it aired on television, what news station it was on, so we can give it some geographic context that sometimes takes us a little bit longer to figure out. And there are other reasons why we're able to pull different data out of these videos that are sometimes helpful that uh, we may not be able to tell from looking at news articles that we've saved into our digital imaging database. Now recently we added another component to this whole system in the context of the current federal NIJ grant that we have, kind of a little bit unwieldy to be able to code the content of thousands upon thousands of arrest cases that we needed to be able to do 
for this project if we were going to continue using our 21-page paper-based coding sheet. We started to look at what applications might be available to allow us to do this as a computerized process. In other words, take our paper-based coding sheet and develop some sort of on-screen coding sheet. And that's exactly what ultimately we did. We found that IBM has an SPSS data collection data entry set of modules called Author and Interviewer. And using Author, we were able to design a specific coding instrument that's an on-screen instrument that pretty much replicates our paper-based coding instrument in terms of the information there and it allows coders to complete that instrument fill out the case on one screen while they're looking at a second screen that has the digital images and the videos and the court records and the news articles all that sort of stuff uh, that they're coding onto that computer-based coding instrument Ultimately, we're able to take the data from the coding instrument on screen and it's converted into an SPSS data file. Also, on the front end, we're able to save time in filling out the coding instrument for each case because by putting in a case number that a coder knows is the next case they need to code, we're able to pull from the relational database a variety of demographic information and variable information that we already have in our relational database. It saves the coder from having to type the information in twice. It pre-fills the information onto that coding instrument on the screen from what we already have in our relational database. And that's one way that we're able to speed up the process. It also helps us with validity and reliability issues. Now, we're getting to the point where we're looking at what else can we do with our enhanced enterprise-level content management system, which again consists of our relational database, our digital imaging database, our variety of ways to scan in documents, either the physical paper documents or virtual scanning of electronic documents. It also includes our OCR search engine. We're able to run full-text searches on anything that's in our digital imaging database. We also have as I mentioned, our video file database and our data collection data entry modules that allow us to use our coding instrument right as a computer-based process instead of a paper-based process. One thing I did not mention is we have had situations where we have literally tens of thousands of documents that we're ready to import into our digital imaging database where we have electronic records. So for example, with our PACER records, we had literally thousands and thousands of files and tens of thousands of pages of records uh, that we had in PDF files. And using a document import processor, we were able to have one of our ITS staff members work with us to develop the coding so that we could simply run a process on the computer that automatically imported all of these electronic files into our digital imaging database and indexed them correctly as to which case and which individual that the documents uh, related to. So it saved hundreds of hours of actually having to manually do that, to print everything out manually, to scan it back in, and to manually index it one page at a time. In terms of things we want to add over the next year or two, we're looking into ways that we might integrate other software applications to our content management system specifically for this research project. One of the things we're looking at is qualitative data analysis software. So, for example, Atlas TI or Invivo. 
seeing if we can develop an API integration where we'd be able to use that type of software within the context of our content management system. So again, we'd be able to pull data from our relational database into the qualitative data analysis or QDA environment to conduct a variety of qualitative analyses that go beyond the scope of the 250 or so quantitative variables that we have at this point. And most of our analyses thus far have been quantitative analyses as opposed to qualitative research analysis. Another thing that we're looking at is integrating ArcGIS, which is a geographic information system analysis application, into OnBase so that we can run a variety of GIS-related research projects using the various components of our enhanced database system here in this content management system. So both the QDA and the GIS projects are things we're looking at over the next year or two and adding those components as time goes on. Hopefully that's not too confusing that that's something that you can make sense of here. If you have any questions about our use of OnBase, our use of databases, and our use of an enterprise-level content management system, feel free to get in touch with me. I'll be happy to answer any questions that I may be able to help you out with that might help you as you think about using these types of systems for your own research projects. That concludes this episode of the Police Integrity Lost podcast. This project is supported by award number 2011-IJ-CX-0024, awarded by the National Institute of Justice, Office of Justice Programs, United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily reflect those of the Department of Justice. My name is Phil Stinson and I'm a professor in the Criminal Justice Program at Bowling Green State University. This podcast episode was recorded at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio. For more information on the research project, please go to www.bgsu.edu forward slash police integrity lost.